Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sunday morning. I don't even know. June the what? July the... 19th. 19th. Okay. All right, the 19th. Here we go. Um, Last week, we finished the week talking about just definitions that you needed. And the first definition was for the kingdom, just the word kingdom. In the Hebrew, it's mamlaka, and in the Greek, it's basileia, which doesn't really matter one way or the other. But there are two main definitions, and they mean the same thing in Greek and Hebrew. Um... First definition is royal power, reign and sovereignty, dominion and authority and might. That's that is speaks directly to rulership or lordship. Okay. The second definition of kingdom has to do with the realm or a territory, or a state. Which is everything that belongs to a certain authority. So, um, everything that is God, everything that God created within himself, belongs to him. So, in that sense, it's his kingdom. Okay, it is the kingdom. The kingdom of God, though, in Scripture, is, uh, includes all who willingly, by choice, put themselves under the dominion and the sovereignty and the rule and the authority of God. That's what the kingdom of God is. Go to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Just a couple of verses here. Um, Look at verse 20. This speaks to the kingdom of God. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God comes not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo, here, or lo, there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So when we're talking about the kingdom of God, we're talking about the lordship on the heart of your life. God sitting on the throne of your life. It is a willing submission by choice. Okay. The kingdom of heaven 
And I used to think about the kingdom of heaven as being um, um, like the good side. You know, what God made the kingdom of heaven. You know, and what it is to get into the kingdom of heaven. When you die, you go to heaven. When you're, you know, so you think of it as the good. But I want you to start thinking of the kingdom of heaven as all-inclusive. The kingdom of heaven is the estate, the country, the land, the realm, the territory of God. Created by Him for His pleasure and out of His essence. It's everything. That's the kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of God is exclusive. Exclusive. Meaning you come in by choice. It is inclusive in that Jesus died for everyone, but it is exclusive in that you must choose to be in the kingdom of God. You must choose that. But the kingdom of heaven is inclusive. So it includes everything that God made. It includes the kingdom of God, those who are His and who serve Him wholly. But it also includes the kingdoms of men. Like when you look at the United States, we have the president, we have all the federal government, and then you have the state government, and then you have the local governments. And um, those are the kingdoms of men. So the kingdom of heaven includes the kingdoms of men. I want to add this. There is going to be a thousand year reign the last week of years for men to rule on the earth. That's when Jesus sits on the throne. But that is still the kingdom of heaven. Okay? He is going to rule in the kingdom of heaven. Again, the kingdom of God is within. Okay? So even that future rulership of Jesus is in the kingdom of heaven. Okay, <clears throat> now. It also includes the kingdom of Satan. And all of those who have bowed their knee and come under his authority. There are those people who don't believe one way or the other. And while Satan can use them, you know, he's not the Lord of their lives. But there are some who have bowed their knee and obeyed him. And those belong to him in kingdom. Um, there was a time when everything became his. Adam exactly gave it to him, turned it over to him when he bowed his knee and agreed with Satan. Which was utter stupidity because what did Satan do? He put a doubt in their minds. Did God really say that? You know what he meant? He meant if you eat of that, you'll be like him. And so they ate of it. And guess what? The irony is they were already like him. They were made in his image and in his likeness. But when they bowed their knee and did what Satan wanted them to do, it's like Paul says, in the kingdom of heaven, to whom you bow your knee, you become their servant. And they become your master. And so Satan took authority over everything Adam owned, was given, because Adam became his slave. So there is the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Okay? 
There's a visible kingdom and invisible kingdom. <clears throat> and this kingdom of heaven includes the multiple heavens. Okay? I, I used to tell you there are three heavens and we always said three heavens because Paul talked about being caught up into the third heaven. But you never hear of heaven number one and heaven number two. It's not in scripture. Anywhere. Um, and I've come to kind of understand that the word three is the perfection of God. So the third heaven is the place where God is in perfection. Where we can be with Him in the very perfection of God. That's the third heaven. Um, but um, there are so many dimensions to the heavens that it's hard to say. You know, I used to say, well, then there's the atmospheric heavens and then there's the um, the um, universe, everything visible, and then there's where God lives. And that was it. But you know, there are dimensions there. I mean, if you just think about the atmospheric heavens, this is crazy. But look at the dimensions that there are in light. You know, you have radio waves, you have TV signals, you have computer signals that go around the world. Those are all different dimensions of light. They travel in a different dimension, but it's all electromagnetic energy. It's all light in many dimensions. And we, without even thinking about it, we exist in all those dimensions. Something of us exists in all those dimensions. We talk on the phone, radio waves flying everywhere. We get on the computer, electromagnetic energy floating in the ionosphere. We don't even know the layers. Plus, then you have the dimensions of the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. You have a mental dimension as well as a spiritual and a physical dimension. So to try to describe one, two, and three heavens and put them in a box is ridiculous. But that's what we've done. That's what I've done. I mean, Lord, I've taught that for years. But God's showing me there's a whole lot more to Him than we can fathom. You know, we can't put God in a box. You just can't do it. Okay. So the kingdom of heaven is everything. Okay? Heaven itself, when you just look up the definition for the word heaven itself, it's not only the visible heavens, but the invisible. Okay? The spirit realm and the atmospheric realm. It's, it's all of it. It's the seat of the order of things because the heavens came out of the unseen. So the unseen is more real than the seen. So when it talks about heavens, we're talking about multiple heavens. It's dimensional, multidimensional again. Because in Ephesians 2 verse 6, um, Paul says, we have been raised up and seated together with Him in heavenly places. Shemayim in the Hebrew is plural, but it is plural in the Greek. We have been seated together with Him in heavenly places. I've always finished that. We've been seated together with Him at the right hand of God because that's where He's seated. But we're seated in heavenly places. We have a spiritual presence in the spirit realm 
that is not at the right hand of the Father. The authority and the power that we have in Christ Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. But before we were born again, we had a spiritual presence in the spirit realm. You know, so we're seated together with Him in authority and power and might in heavenly places. It's multiple. It is the heavenly regions that we can see and the abode of God and His angels and celestial heavens and spiritual heavens. So there's, you know, we, we have to understand that part of us resides in a place where we're outside of time and space. So we're praying about things in the spirit that haven't even happened yet. Because outside of time and space, it's going to happen. You know, it hasn't happened yet, but we can already pray in the middle of it when it hasn't even happened. So, um, when we exist and realize that we can exist in an area that's outside of time and space, you know, you can pray for somebody in China and know those prayers are right, right next to them. Because there's no distance there. There's no... You know, there's not a space distance. It's not like it is in the material. We're um, we're all one in Jesus Christ, in in Christos, in the Anointing One, in the Holy Spirit, and um, that unity, you know, makes you no further from a, a brother in China than your hand is to your mouth. You know, it's it's all we're one body. So, but we have to start to think of it like that. I, I have not thought about it like that very often. You know, Paul says, well, I'm not with you in the flesh. I am there in the spirit. And I, I used to think, well, you know, his heart's with them. No, he is with them in the spirit. He's with them. And which is as good as being, you know, 20,000 miles away. Physically, you can't get a hug, but it doesn't mean you're not with them in the spirit realm. Um, that has been such a comfort for me when I've been praying for my mom here this last couple of months. You know, to realize that I'm I'm not in Pennsylvania and she's in Alabama. We're one in the same body. And I have authority over that body too. And I can speak right here and know that outside of time and space, it's being taken care of, you know. I have a new appreciation for the power and authority that we have. And um, so, you know, when God, when, when Paul speaks about your mind, you know, the high things and imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, and we can bring every thought into captivity, there's a realm there, a, a psychological, a conscious realm and an unconscious realm, subconscious realm, um, a consciousness realm, whatever you want to call it. Um, new age people know about it, you know, this consciousness, this alternate consciousness and whatever and they understand astral you know, transmission traveling in space out of their bodies and stuff, they get it it's scary but they get it we don't you know, we don't we don't have to travel outside our bodies we are in Christ Jesus we're, we're seated with him in heavenly places we're there so um you know, I think we need to be more aware of that uh, multidimensional position that we have in the heavenlies. You know, it's a, it is a multiple place. 
multiple dimensions. And while on the one hand we would always go, yeah, that's true, when I die I'm going to heaven, it's another place. But we're seated together with Jesus in the heavens. But if my spirit's already there, when I die, how am I going to go there? Am I not there already? You know, we have a, a rational mind that doesn't fit what we say. You know, and we need to be, we need to get past the rational mind. Um, that's why Paul says to be absent from the flesh is to be present with the Lord. Because we're already there. It's just you lose your connection to the, uh, you know, to the material. But it doesn't mean that you've gone anywhere. You're still seated in heavenly places together with Christ Jesus. You know. So it's, it, Paul's trying to tell you too. It's just, this is a tent. This tent is the only thing that connects us to the time-space continuum. And um, this material realm. But we are not, we are not that. And when you think about your own spirit, see you have a, a physical body. But you have a spirit man who walks around in the unseen realm who is seated together with Jesus in heavenly places and you have a soul you have a, a mind, a consciousness you hit all those realms yourself you know we exist in all those realms and um, Jesus in his ministry addressed all of those realms um, we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes I'm a little bit ahead of myself Okay. so when we're talking then about this big thing that we're a part of, this unimaginably hugeness of God. You know, no container big enough to put God in. Therefore, God had to make the void within Himself to create the material world. It's within Him. And you'll read it, in Him was created in Him, for Him, you know, through Him. But, but we're in Him. Even, you know, this whole material realm and it's made of him, the very essence of him. So he's in all things and holds all things together. Okay, God is so big you can't put him in a container. So he's so massive you can't ever get to the ends of him. So we're in him. Even the material realm is in him. Which is a really weird way of looking at it. But the Hebrew people, I think, have it right. You know, that, that we don't have any idea. But within God, there is this permissiveness about Him that allowed His creation uh, freedom to, to choose, freedom to um, uh, pick what they want to do, to make decisions. Because, in essence, we are like Him. He has that same freedom, too. So once you do that, then every human being has a right to unfold in any way that, he, that his life wants to unfold. He's still going to be that person and it's still going to come out just exactly the way God suspected it would. Look at Pharaoh. Pharaoh was sitting on that throne and Moses was told to go in there and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And uh, God says, you know what? I'm going to harden his heart. It wasn't that God was going to harden his heart. He wouldn't. If he wanted his heart to be hardened, he wouldn't have asked Moses to go give him the choice. If there was a chance that he could have done something else, why would he give him the choice? No, he says, I know this man so well that when you go in there and tell him, I said to let them go, his heart is going to be more hardened because he thinks he's God. So he wasn't saying, I'm going to harden his heart. He says, I know the nature of this man. 
And just be prepared because his heart is going to harden by what you say to him. But he has to have the choice every time. How many times? Eleven times? How many plagues were there? Twelve plagues? Twelve times Pharaoh had a choice. And even after he let him go and he came after him, he could have stopped. He could have stopped, but he didn't. He could have preserved his whole kingdom if he just let him go right out of the chute, you know. But God knew his heart. So he knew how Pharaoh was going to unfold. He didn't make Pharaoh unfold that way. Pharaoh's own ignorance made him unfold that way. Same with uh, Satan. He was made this beautiful angel of light. But that pride was in him and he was given the ability to choose and he chose. Now God has got him under control and he's going to allow Satan to unfold the way he has because he's got this entire 7,000 year history with humanity in place. And it's going to unfold in a myriad of ways. But in the end, we've read Revelations. The parameters are set. That's the Mendelbrot theory. Okay, here are some of the fractals. Fractals are those little pieces in a... Um, in any um, kaleidoscope, each little piece that has can unfold in an infinite number of ways, infinite number of ways. Um, these are some of the fractals in God's kaleidoscope. You have the authority and rulership of God, which would include all the angelic beings that have bowed their knee to God and born-again Christians, okay, born-again men. Then you have this fractal, the authority and rulership of men in the material world. And we talked about that. Every nation has a government. Every government's broken down to different levels. You know, and, and the unfoldings that happen within those nations um, are determined by the leadership. Then you have the authority and the rulership of Satan in both the material and the immaterial. immaterial. Then you have the unfolding of nature, just like trees and flowers. Everything has its own unique unfolding. And yet God has the parameters set. <clears throat> a daisy's still a daisy. An oak tree's an oak tree. Cauliflower's cauliflower. Broccoli's broccoli. Everything unfolds in a unique way, like a snowflake. But it all has a parameter. No matter how a snowflake unfolds, it's still a snowflake. And then you have the unfolding of a visible universe, the cosmic universe. You know, and it and the all these unfoldings are going on at the same time. It looks chaotic in the midst of it, but the parameters hold. The parameters hold. And the parameters are the gospel. That's the parameters for the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. So when I used to think about the kingdom of heaven, you know, being all good, roses and what have you, as many times as I read the, the um, parables in the gospels, I still didn't get it. I don't know why, but I just didn't get it. So what I want to do now is just spend some couple of weeks here, a few weeks, talking about the parables. Because they give you the picture of what the kingdom of God is really like. Not the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Um, 
those two phrases, um, there are a lot of, of scholars out there who will tell you, well, the kingdom of heaven was used in Matthew because he was writing to the Jewish people and they couldn't say the name of God. Which is bunk because if they were going to call it the kingdom of God, Jesus could have said just what everybody else said. Hashem, the name. You know, he could have called it anything, but he specifically said the kingdom of heaven. Okay? And the other thing about that is, and, and everybody else uses kingdom of God, okay, in, in the other gospels. Matthew is unique in that Jesus specifically says the kingdom of heaven and then he begins to talk about the kingdom of heaven and then he says things like seek first the kingdom of God and it's in Matthew which tells me he could say that to them and he delineates between the two so to me there is a difference where some people say they are interchangeable I say no when they're speaking about the kingdom of heaven you know, like they'll say, when is the kingdom of heaven coming? When is your kingdom coming? They're speaking about the rulership of Jesus Christ. Well, guess what? He's going to rule on the earth in the kingdom of heaven. God is still on the throne. Okay? God is still the ultimate ruler. Jesus, as a man, will rule, but he's going to rule on the earth in the kingdom of heaven. And we've been, in our minds, automatically splitting that up um, in a wrong way. Okay. Jesus' entire ministry was spent trying to teach people how to see with their mind's eye the kingdom of, of heaven and the kingdom of God. He wanted them to see it. He wanted them to hear with their heart and to imagine the kingdom of heaven as more than a material world. It's spiritual and it's multidimensional. See you and and we're caught in this. You can't choose your unfolding if you don't know your options. You're just going to go willy-nilly whatever. You can't choose your unfolding unless you know all your options. And we have not known all of our options. Go to Matthew 4. We're going to walk around Matthew for a while here. We'll skip around, but Matthew 4. This is how he spent his entire ministry. Okay, start with verse 17. We're going to read 17, and then we're going to skip down to 23. Okay. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Meaning, uh, at hand means superimposed on. That's what at hand means. Superimposed on. And um, repent means change the way you think which is what we need to do. Change the way we see things because the kingdom of heaven is superimposed on you. It's, it's a superimposed world, spirit and, and material together, okay? One affecting the other. 
What happens in the material affects the spirit. What happens in the spirit affects the material. So he wanted them to change the way they thought. Now go down to verse 23. And Jesus went about all of Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. That gospel of the kingdom, that is the parameters of the kaleidoscope of God's creation. The gospel is the parameters. It's all set. It's all going to come out just like Revelation 22. It's set. And Jesus is the centerpiece. Jesus Christ is the centerpiece. Okay. And healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases among the people. And his fame went throughout Syria and there were brought to him all sick people. And they were taken with diverse diseases and torments. Those who were possessed with devils. Those which were lunatic. Those that had the palsy. And he healed them all. Do you realize that he touched spirit, soul, and body? All three dimensions of the kingdom of heaven. He touched their bodies. (coughs) Obviously, diseases, sicknesses. He touched their spirits. He cast out the demons. And brought them to a strong spiritual place. Look at the woman at the well, Mary Magdalene, you know, all of them. And then he dealt with those who are lunatic, those who are, their conscious mind is distorted and twisted. So he took care of the conscious world, conscious realm as well. Spirit, soul, and body, all three areas. So he began to teach them. We'll go to... um, Let's see how I want to do this. Um, Alright, we'll come back to that. Go to John chapter 3. We've read this a lot. Nicodemus lived in one dimension. He lived in the material world. He knew there was a spirit God, but Nicodemus lived in one dimension. What he could see, hear, feel, taste, and touch. And it's what he saw and what he heard physically that made him question that there might be more. And so he came to Jesus to find out. And Jesus was going to have to get around that, that flesh man. So, look at verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, because he understood what Nicodemus was getting to, Nicodemus couldn't wrap his mind around it. So Jesus said to him, Verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He's speaking here about the kingdom of God, the lordship, the headship of God. 
If you want to personally experience the kingdom of God from which all goodness comes, all the healings, all the miracles, you're going to have to be born again. And the word see there means to perceive, to experience, you know, and to come to a knowing, a personal knowing. Okay? Now, this is right off the bat before he even starts talking about, just barely has to start talking about the kingdom of heaven. You know, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But right here, very specifically, he says, if you want to see the kingdom of God, if you want to see where this, these miracles come from, it's from the lordship of God. You're going to have to be born again. You're going to have to choose a different unfolding than you've chosen in order to experience this. In order to touch this, you're going to have to deal with the lordship of God in your life. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot um, enter into the kingdom of God. He can be in the kingdom of heaven but he cannot enter into the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Because where did Jesus say that the kingdom of God is? It's within. Okay? And he was searching for what's within. He wanted to understand what Jesus had. Jesus had what this man could have and that is the power of God resident in him. That which is born of flesh is flesh, but that which is born of spirit is spirit. Um, he's telling Nicodemus there's more than one realm here. You know, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God talk about a wide variety of things here, buddy. You're after the kingdom of God. You're going way farther beyond just the kingdom of heaven. You're after the things of God. You're after what I've got if you came to see me. Because he, he had the scriptures. He had all that like every other Pharisee for the kingdom of heaven. But he just wanted more. And that's the kingdom of God. Okay? Go to Romans 1. And again here he speaks about, Paul is speaking about, you know, if you, you can't choose your unfolding if you don't know your options. Once you know your options, then you can choose. And we are all without excuse. Start with verse um, 15. Romans chapter 1. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. There's the parameters. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. It is as it is written, the just shall live 
by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed it to them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. And he's talking about the, the Godhead the, the, the kingdom of God. It's within. <clears throat> because that when they knew God they glorified him not as God neither were they thankful but they became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Everybody has that ability to choose. We, we, have, we live in that dimension. We are a spirit being whether we want to recognize it or not. What you do in that realm, what you choose, determines how you unfold in your life. Okay? Um... Paul and the sermon, I mean, go back now to Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. Now he begins to teach them. I used to look at chapter 5 as the Ten Commandments, basically, of the New Testament. Thou shalt not, thou shalt, thou musteth do with this. And, and that's the way I was taught. I don't know about you, but every time um, every time I was taught on this, it was, what's wrong with your heart? What, what's wrong with your heart? You know, God's going to be mad at you if you don't have this heart, right? You're going to be a major disappointment to everybody. And then I've heard every kind of explanation in the world for, for these attitudes. The B attitudes. And I love that because, in fact, I almost laughed out loud when I got that. It's the B attitudes. These are the attitudes that cause you to be active in the kingdom of heaven. So these are the B attitudes. Isn't that cool? I thought, oh my gosh! Thank you, Lord, for that. He was just laughing, I think, too. I was just hooting. I go, Lord, that's a hoot. The B attitudes. And what he's teaching you here is, is the kind of a heart, the kind of an attitude that is necessary in order to see and experience all of the kingdom of heaven. Without this, without this kind of an attitude, there are parts of it that you will not experience. And he wanted them to experience all of the kingdom of heaven. Change the way you think. That's your attitudes. Change the way you think so that the kingdom of God becomes real to you and the kingdom of heaven is real to you. All of it, not just the material part of it, but all of it. So what he's trying to do is get these people to open their eyes, change the way they think. And so he says, these are the kinds of people that are going to successfully be able to change the way they think. This is what, what a person needs to look like if you're going to go there. So he could even be speaking to Nicodemus here. You know, Nicodemus, this is, this is where your heart ought to be. But I think Nicodemus was there. 
You know, I think he already had most of this in his heart. Um, but he wasn't commanding them and saying, you need to be like this in small ways, which is the way we've done it, almost mean ways. God, Jesus was saying, look, I have such a big kingdom here to show you the kingdom of heaven. I want you to walk in victory in it. I want you to realize that you're more than a material being. That there are dimensions out there that you can't even fathom. But I can show them to you if your heart is like this. And then he begins to show them. Like the first one is um, um, blessed which is makarius which is to be empowered to prosper. I used to, well, being Catholic, we always think blessed means holy. But but it doesn't mean holy. It means empowered to prosper. Okay, you are, you are blessed of God when you. Okay. So, this is what? He's trying to get these blessings to you. He said, this is where the blessings are. This is where the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God will come together and flow in your life. This is what you need to do. So the first thing he said was, you're empowered to prosper if you are the poor in spirit. Yeah. I'm sorry, what verse? Um, This is uh, chapter 5, verse 3. Okay. Poor in spirit, like when you can't figure out to do it yourself. Yes, and that's exactly what it means. It doesn't mean... Uh, poor as in spiritually weak and sick and deprived but it means you need to have the heart of someone who is poor you know what a poor person is like they are they're powerless and helpless to accomplish anything on their own not only that but they are desperate beggars you know their hands are wide open desperately in need and so if you come to God with your hands wide open powerless and desperately in need of the things of God and you come to grasp that kingdom and hold on to it greedily then the kingdom is available to you it said theirs is the kingdom of heaven the whole kingdom is available to you anybody anybody um who desperately grabs and holds on to it as a beggar being filled will be supplied with that. So there's a blessing and an authority for you in the kingdom of heaven. So if you're if you find yourself helpless, then you need the authority that's available to you in the kingdom. If you have need because you have lack, there's authority and there is plenty in the kingdom of God. If you are sick and desperately begging, there is healing in the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of God, in the spirit realm. But you have to go after it greedily. God says, you have to seek me to find me. Seek me and I will be found of you. But if you're not seeking, if you're just that fat, comfortable cat, it's never coming to you. So you need to be a one who recognizes that in the spirit realm, you have a desperate need for the things of God. Second, blessed, blessed or empowered to prosper are they that mourn. Pentheo. And it does mean to grieve after. But you know what we grieve? Things that are lost. Things that are missing from our lives. Things that we miss that we know something's missing. 
That's what you grieve. If you don't know it's missing, you don't grieve it. So when you have a grieving heart and you're groaning um, over that separation between you and God, you're grieving over that uh the feeling that something's missing in your life and you have that grieving spirit you know for the things of God you want to reach out and touch them you want to you know you you need them you grieve being separated from God and the poor Jewish people I mean I even look at the ones at the wailing wall now you know they go to that wall and they rock and they rock and they rock because there is something in the rocking that takes you to a little bit of different plane different plane of consciousness that's why we have whirling dervishes that do nutty things because it does something to your plane of consciousness but they're trying to get to a God that's so far away is unreachable and they're so unworthy. They're, you know, they're scrambling to get there. There's a loss there. There's a grieving. And when we're grieving like that for that loss, then the Holy Spirit comes and comforts us. Go to John 14. Leave your finger here, but then flip back to John 14. He's preparing the disciples for when he's gone and they're going to grieve. He says, physically I'm going away and you're going to grieve. But in your grief, this is what I want you to know. What are they grieving? The loss of Jesus Christ. The separation from Jesus himself. Right? And why is it that the Holy Spirit can comfort us like nobody else? Because the Spirit is Christos. It is, it is Jesus and the Spirit coming to us to fill up that grief so that we don't have to grieve it anymore. Okay? Alright, look at verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another comforter, that He may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees Him not, neither knows Him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. So the world doesn't know. If you don't know your options, you can't choose your unfolding. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. See, they're grieving his loss. He said, you won't have to grieve for long. Because I'm going to fill you up with my Holy Spirit, the Comforter. What verse are you asking? 18, oh, verse 18. Okay. Chapter 14, verse 18. Oh, I'm in Luke. Oh. <laughs> I'm all lost. All right. Okay. Sorry about that. No, no, I've done that. I go, well, that was good anyway. <laughs> okay, I'm good now. Okay, verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. In other words, I will not leave you mourning and grieving my loss. I will come to you. How is he going to come to you? In the Spirit. In the Holy Spirit. Yet a little while and the world sees me no more. But you will see me because I live and you shall live also. See there means perceive with your spirit mind. Know with your spirit. The world won't be able to see me but you will. At that day you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved in my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Um, Judas said to him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? 
And Jesus answered and said, If a man loves me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and he will come into him, and make we will make our abode with him. And he that loves me not keeps not my sayings. And the world which you and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken to you, being with you, present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Okay, will you mourn for that, that loss? The Holy Spirit will come in and fill you up. But there's a knowing. It's like he said, the world won't know because they're going to be caught up in the world. But you, you who will mourn my loss because you've seen me, you will be filled up with my comforter. So he's telling the people there, he says, if you want to be comforted, if you want to be in the kingdom of God, if you want to feel the presence of the kingdom, this is what you need to do. Mourn and grieve for the loss of that connection. And my Holy Spirit will come and fill you up. Um, back to Matthew. We'll do one more and then we're going to quit here. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, the material realm. <laughs> um, the word meek, prios, is literally gentleness of spirit, humility, and mildness. Now that is not wussification. Okay? It isn't that. But it is to be humble before God. Recognizing that everything you need is in Him. He alone is your salvation. And you have complete dependence on God. You know, like in Philippians, you can do all things in Christ. You can do nothing apart from Him. Because Jesus said, I do nothing apart from the Father. Right? Pride of life is the stronghold there that keeps us from being humble. Pride of life. And that's the sin of Satan. It was the sin of Adam and Eve. It was the sin of everybody that fell. Pride of life. Look at, look at the uh, Tower of Babel. I can do this. I can build my own uh, tower. I can be as great as God. I can make a name for myself. Pride of life is the thing that stops the kingdom from flowing in your life. Why? Because you're trusting in your own flesh. You're trusting in your own flesh. So you need to be humble before God. You need to be humble before God. And a complete dependence on Him. He speaks to that like little children, you know, coming to God as little children. He says that's what the kingdom of heaven is made of, is the little children. Those who come believing, simply trusting. Little children are, you know, they try to rise up, but boy, I'll tell you, just get a skinned knee and see how humble they are. <laughs> they know they can't get, you know, past first base without us. And we should be that way with God. We should just know not even to go up to bat without Him, because we're not going to make it. We just might as well get that meekness and that humility in us to know that we can't trust in our own flesh. Um, we're going to come back to this scripture, but I'm going to end on Jeremiah 17. 
So the kingdom of heaven is always around us. It's always there. God's goodness is always there. God loves us always. It never, never changes. The kingdom of heaven is all around us. And we're a part of it even though we don't know it. We're a part of the goodness of God, but we're a part of all of it. The unfolding of the entire kingdom. But look at Jeremiah 17. Because this speaks to where you live. And this speaks to your humility or your pride. Okay? That's why God says you're going to inherit the entire earth. The physical, material realm. You will, you will inherit this. Because... Um, um, you're dependent on me. You're looking into the kingdom. But look at this. This is, this is where your point of view is. You know, where are you? Alright, look at verse 5. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts in man. When you trust in flesh, when you trust in this material world, you're going to walk right into the curse. Because you don't even know you have another option. Okay? And makes flesh his arm, and whose heart departs from the Lord. He's not meek, he's not dependent on the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert and will not see. That word see is to perceive, heed, discern, regard. When good comes... Good comes because the kingdom of heaven is all around him. But the man whose focus is on the material realm and who is focused on himself, that's pride of life. He will not see the good when it comes. Meaning he's not going to inherit that good in the material realm when it comes. But he will inhabit the parched places as the wilderness in a salt land and not inhabit it. But blessed, and there's the word blessed in the um, ruach, in, um, in uh, uh, Hebrew and it means the same thing empowered to prosper is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is the confident expectation is in the Lord he's a meek humble man trusting in the Lord for he will be as a tree planted by the waters that spread out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes the heat will come but if your roots are deep in the Lord, where most meek, humble people are, depending on God for every bit of your sustenance in your life, the heat will come, but you're not going to perceive it or regard it because it doesn't belong to you. Okay? And you shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither will you cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Those who trust God are going to be empowered by God. And you will see only the good. You will not see the evil when it comes. Evil is all around in the kingdom of heaven. You know, we don't think about that. But there is a lot of bad stuff in the kingdom of heaven. But we won't see it if we have a meek spirit. Okay. We will stop there today. Pick up there next week. Good stuff, Sandy. Yahoo! Don't you forget to record because I listen to it. Okay, girl. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my gosh, I'm Yamanea. so glad you hang out with us. I gotta get your email too before I go. Okay, you got it, sister. All right, let me just pray for everybody. Lord, we just pray for all those that are missing from our family today. And I ask that you keep them safe. Bless them and they're going out and they're coming in, Lord. And bring them back to the table again. Um, Father, just bless everyone that's here. Bless our families, our children, our children's children. Father, we put them under your care. I ask that you put the angels around them to defend them and protect them. Bless them and they're going out and they're coming in. And Father, I ask the same thing for us, that you bless us in our daily goings and comings. And that you bless the things that we set our hands to, Lord, as we um, work in the kingdom for your glory. We just ask this in Jesus' name, and we thank you for the answers. Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.